0: The morning after, the movies
1: But I hope you leave enough room for my fist Because I'm going to ram it into your stomach And break your goddamn spine ah!
0: Uncensored, spoiler-filled movie reviews And fun only available at xrock.com I'm gonna scissor kick you in the back of the head Movie time Hey, buddy, Ever heard of a lie Hey, have you ever been dragged to the sidewalk and being told you're Pissed!
2: Blood! Starts now I'm gonna take you to the bank, Senator Trent To the blood
0: bank Here we go with another episode of Morning After the Movies Live from Wingnuts here in Nampa, 1228 North Galleria Boulevard is where you can find us. We're right across the street from the Nampa 12th Cinemas, the Edwards Cinemas here in Nampa. And we are going to talk today about a movie that... Nobody saw in the theaters except for us, once again. Uh, it is called, there were like eight, nine they, people in yeah, there. But you was said, surprised, you actually. S- you said it finished 17th? Yeah, one million bucks. <laughs> 17th in the weekend, uh, box office numbers. So not a hit by any stretch of the imagination, but a movie that we saw uh, some information on, we're like, let's go check that out. Uh, it's called Free Fire, and it stars Charlotte Copley, who we'll hear with a little bit later on in the podcast. Brie Larson, who just won the Academy Award for her role in Room, as well as a bunch of other character actors that you probably go, I recognize that guy's face. What else? has he been in whoa, whoa, and whoa. then you go to imdb
3: you forgot army hammer
0: army hammer's one of those guys uh, so would killian murphy be? I i don't know if they're household names but at least you go i've seen that guy somewhere before uh not everybody saw man from uncle either big j so you'll have to excuse well, the rest of us
3: we'll talk about it later
0: uh big j is here randy is here i am here i am nick and then today's guest is our friend tyler who works at the radio station you may see him out at about at events and today he went to go see a movie with us welcome my friend thanks man Thanks for coming along. We're looking forward to hear our uh, your opinion on this particular movie, and we're going to hear some audio clips from uh, Mr. Shartok Copley, who was on our show the morning after uh, earlier this week, to talk about it. But let's go around the horn, as it were. Uh, Radio's Big J, your likes and dislikes about Free Fire.
3: Well, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, this is, to me, one of those movies, is, it is what it is. And so, you know, you've got this movie that doesn't leave a particular setting, really, and it's pretty slow moving in that fact And, uh, you know, the, I, I don't know what the point of the movie was yeah, Just to tell a story, I guess, about a, uh, an arms deal But it seemed like it lacked uh, a little bit of, um, you know, point, I guess And so it was really all about what was happening and what was going on And, um, you know, as far as uh, some of the things that happened in the, in the movie uh, You know, there's only a couple dudes that seem to actually ever reload their weapons Yes. those sort of things uh, kind of stand out to me on the other hand the uh, ballistics and, and you know some of the special effects I thought were pretty cool uh, as far as it went with the um, you know the, the guns I mean that's pretty much what it's about uh, and, and some in the acting I thought was was actually pretty decent I mean it was pretty good Bree Larson was great um, and, and so you got I think a, a cast that you know did played their roles pretty well. Um, it just, uh, you know, seemed like there wasn't anywhere for them to go. They were literally stuck in this warehouse, and that's where their performance stopped.
0: Yeah, they didn't really have much of a choice. Randy, your likes and dislikes of Free Fire.
4: I liked two things. The first thing was uh, Big J's Chuckles. <laughs> it was completely silent in the theater. Uh, yeah, I'm a chuckler. And so that made me laugh. The second thing was when it ended.
0: Wow, okay. Ooh. Look at this. Uh, to me, this is, uh, you know, I would say a poor man's Reservoir Dogs. Uh, The conflict is almost the same. Uh, the uh, the performances are equally as good, in my opinion. I think the actors and actresses involved did a fantastic job. But you know, it's along the same lines. I mean, in Reservoir Dogs, you're stuck inside of a building trying to figure out who the undercover uh, cop is. Yeah, and in this movie, you're stuck inside of a building trying to figure out who turned on each other to figure out and try to run off with all this money when this gun deal went bad. And I think, unlike Reservoir Dogs, it actually kind of has a little bit more of a conflict involved. Whereas it starts as a personal beef and then turns into oh, let's not forget. The somebody else wanted to make off with all this money and it kind of escalates from there. So I think it's a little bit interesting. Where I fall flat on the movie is... Uh, more along the lines of Big J's stuff with the reloading. I mean, there's only so many leg shots I can handle before I go. That's all people are getting shot in is the arm and the legs. Uh, There's got to be a couple other of different things, and there were, to be fair. I mean, listen, there's a lot of death in this movie, but that was my real big problem. I was like, all right, another leg shot. I think that's eight in a row. Pretty impressive, guys. Everybody's limping around and (laughs) dragging around on the floor.
4: Yeah, you nailed it with a reservoir. I was thinking the whole time, too, is being a little too much like Tarantino or Guy Ritchie. It seemed a lot like that. Or they're trying... Too hard to be that way. Uh, listen, I don't think it's a bad thing. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah,
0: me I, I don't think True. that uh, that that this trying to be like Reservoir Dogs is a bad thing because Reservoir Dogs is twenty, thirty some odd years ago. So it's it's okay to get an updated version of that. And and you know I think it's one of those movies that you can. Much like Fate of the Furious, you have to turn your brain off a little bit and realize that, yes, in any Dirty Harry movie, he never reloads either. So there's some sort of, you know, suspensive belief that has to go he, into it. He only shoots three times. <laughs> well, I, I know what you're so. thinking. How many shots did he fire, yeah. J?
2: Uh, Tyler, what did you think about the movie? Y- you guys already pretty much touched on it. Um, yeah, like the the fact that they were all terrible shots. It's either, it's either leg shot or bust. Um, they never reloaded. Didn't quite like that part because that just not very realistic uh favorite parts though the gore man it, this was a gory movie it was? that's true oh well yeah i mean they had it's some pretty
3: had one particular scene that we'll talk about later pretty gruesome deaths
0: uh, in this couple, movie yeah uh yeah and uh and yeah that I, leads to some questions for sure
3: yeah you, you have more to add because oh well i'm good man uh because you know th- i think another thing too is that i was because it was kind of a slow moving you had a chance for the fatal, the fatalisticness of it to set in, you know. So it's kind of a bummer. Yeah, like, it, was, it was like you were expecting yeah, it almost. Yeah, you know, you know that certain things are going to happen. I mean, and and I was like, man, no, I don't want Army Hammer to die because I like Army Hammer. <laughs> um, so, but you kind of know that. Listen, nothing's good's coming out of any of this, and um, you know, for entertainment purposes, I don't know. Sometimes it just it's a bummer to me now as I get older that that just that's kind of like all that was
4: yeah so, there wasn't a purpose behind it Martin Scorsese's a producer on this right yes mm-hmm. that's, he that's produced it, it. he okay. produced it
0: uh, yeah the, the writer and director of the movie did a movie called High Rise if, if you guys haven't watched I recommend it it's actually really good it's got Loki from the Avengers that you guys may be familiar with uh, he dated uh, Taylor Swift for a little while Randy and more oh, in your wheelhouse <laughs> um, so it, it's actually a really good movie that, that kind of is one of those one location situations so they have experience doing this stuff before and he has a tendency to put together some pretty impressive shots and I think there was some really good direction in this movie. We'll get into that in a little bit but uh, let's go around the room and kind of get the mild, medium, and hot uh, wingnut style of, uh, of our review on the movie. We try to keep it like the sauce here at Wingnuts. If you come on down, you have the mild sauces, you have the medium sauces, you have the hot sauces, and so we try to keep our movies in that rating scale courtesy of Wingnuts, which uh, brings you this podcast. Big J, uh, what is your Wingnuts rating for this
3: movie? Yeah, I think overall I'm going to go mild. Mild, huh? Okay. Yeah.
4: Uh, Randy, you? Yeah, I think I pretty much stated, uh, pr- yeah, the lower end of the mild, if you will. Like,
3: uh,
0: and then I'm going to go <laughs> <Salty> even medium <laughs> yes. for mine. Uh, it certainly is not the best movie we've ever seen. It certainly is not the worst movie that we've even seen on this podcast. But, uh, Tyler, your thoughts? I'd go high mild. Okay, high mild. I like it. Uh, so there's your actual review of the movie. If you want to check out Free Fire, it's not exactly blowing any of us away. Probably why it's not blowing anybody away at the box office. But it has had a pretty steady run of some of Independent uh, movie, uh, what do you call them? Uh, festivals houses. and movie houses. It's won seven movie festival awards, so a bunch of audience awards. It's the audience that seems to get it. It's in the high 80s on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got a 7.2 rating on IMDb. So this table seems to be uh, a little bit less mild on it, or a little bit less uh, hot on it than most of the people that have seen it before.
4: But, but go ahead. It's definitely losing money. Yes, uh, the budget was I think seven million, and you said it only made one here it was seven yeah. million but yeah. it's
0: it's also made probably i think four in the in the uk well yeah exactly yeah. so it's it's going to make its money back i don't think there's any doubt about you that you know
3: and i get the uh i get a lot of the 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 film nerds who would probably like the film nerd in me uh there's some cool stuff in this yeah i mean definitely cool. the shots and as we'll hear from uh, charto here in a little bit uh just the way they filmed this uh is kind of uh, interesting and You know, the technical aspects to it and the photography and stuff, there were some really cool shots and, you know, some really cool things. I just didn't think the story, uh, you know, aided it. Big J's quesadilla is oh, here, ladies man. and gentlemen of the
0: Treasure Valley. Thank you to Wingnuts. You. Uh, so that's going to end the spoiler-free version of the podcast. From here on out, you're going to hear us talk, complain, and argue about the stuff that we did see on the screen. So if you've seen Free Fire, this is going to be the part where you can nod in agreement or shake your head in disagreement. But let's get into problems and real issues that we had that we can now talk about specific points in the movie. Big J, why don't you start?
3: Um, well, let's go with the, the whole reloading situation. I mean, as you know, you're going through this, this is the point of the movie. Uh, and, and the you know I think I saw one guy one time, I forget his name, uh, he who instigated this whole thing. Um, he reloaded his revolver once, but with one bullet. Yeah, Ar- Army Hammer. Um,
0: I remember reloading probably three or four times. Uh, yeah, yeah,
3: he did. But then, and then the other guy who also was a problem, Jimmy. Was it Jimmy? Uh, there was Stevie. Stevo, Stevie. He he probably reloaded the most. He seemed to have the most ammo, which is interesting because yeah. he didn't have, He started out really having a gun.
0: I don't remember Chris or Frank ever reloading in the whole movie. the, the Irish, the two Irish guys. I don't remember that. Chris reloaded once. He, he had a, he had a revolver. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe they did reload more than we think, guys. Uh, if we're all remembering <laughs> <different> <laughs> well, in well, the in the movie. Well, you know,
3: it was a long time. There was a lot of shooting. Yeah, and, and what so would
0: think they'd be weighed down with the amount of ammo they'd have to carry in order to reload? Period. But uh, they ran out right at the most unpredictable oh, times. Yeah, yeah. they yeah. did. They did. There was a lot of clicking at the very I- indicative moments. Yeah, of the you film. know.
3: And as far as the wounds go, um, you know, a lot of these weapons that are being used, are, you know, have slow moving. Uh, slower-moving rounds that, you know, they don't necessarily... They're not going to blow off your leg, you know? So you're going to have those kind of superficial wounds when you're just getting hit in the limbs like that. It happens pretty regularly. I mean, it takes a lot to actually take somebody down with a gun unless you're having a high-powered rifle like we have in the end or near the end there uh, with the surprise uh, guys who were sniping. Those are high-powered rifles, and so... um, you know, so it's I can I can kind of see why you have got everybody there who's got these wounds, and they had to do that in order to equal everybody out, I guess. You know, because I don't know you ever play paintball. Yeah, yeah. It seemed like paintball to me. It very much did. Yeah, because
2: you're, you're limping around, you got your wounds, but you're nothing. hiding behind or
3: obstacles. Just, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. So there was some realism there to that to that point of um, of the movie, and and um, you know just, but it seemed like. Um it just got so drawn out, you know.
2: That also goes back to the fact that they are they were all just terrible shots. Well, you just have to awful. realize
3: most people who go practice shooting, uh it's great when you're not being your adrenaline isn't pumping, your heart rate isn't up, but you're you know, you're you're shaky. Oh
2: so, well yeah, yeah, but if these guys if these guys were the arms dealers that they were trying to trying to make out to be, they would have been a better shot.
4: When well, they all seemed pretty calm and collected the entire yeah. time. They were all joking and laughing with each other, nobody seemed to be in a panic, really. Exactly.
2: Well, I don't know. I,
0: there seemed to be some panicky going on. I mean, you know, everybody's hiding behind something. Nobody got too uh, sarcastic and out there in the middle of the open. But uh, you know, the the other side of this that, that I really had the issue with was uh, you weren't there. Weren't too much relationship build up stuff, if that makes sense. Like I was very confused by the pecking order of the film. I realize who Vern is. I still don't know who Matt is. It Matt or Mike, the the guy that was shot in the head.
2: Oh, Martin. 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 Martin, okay,
0: there you go. I still don't know what his, because it seemed to me like Vern and Army Hammer's character were the guys in charge of the arm deal. I'm still not 100% certain what Martin was there for, other than I know that he was teaming up with that. with right. Justine. That I get, but I'm trying to figure out, number one, why he was there, what role he plays in this, and number two, did just getting shot in the head turn him into a crazy guy once he re conscious? Because that whole thing where he breaks out and <laughs> just starts shooting everybody was really weird to yeah. me. It seemed like yeah. really out of place. You ever been shot in the head? No, I've never okay. been shot in the leg either, though, so I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I, I can't put myself in that situation. I realize you'd probably get drawn around, but I'm, I'm trying to figure out what I'm supposed to think about that. Well, look, I, I,
2: think, I think his character is the, the kind of yin to Vernon's yang, almost, because in the beginning, when they first show up, they're Justine's explaining how Vern was like a childhood uh, genius, genius yeah. and he's now an asshole, Right, I get that, but but isn't that what Army Hammer
0: guys kind of was? Because he's involved on that side of the deal as well. Clearly, he's part of the Vern team because he right. right away when the, when the crap starts hitting the fan, he's right next to Vern, helping him out and doing all that kind of stuff. So I was just just trying to figure out what his role in this whole thing was. And on top of that, they didn't do a very good job explaining that that Army Hammer and Vern were in this together
4: either. They just kind of yeah. pick sides, and that's how it all shook out. You don't really care about anybody when they die either. It's there's no. Like you said, no build-up. My biggest uh, issue was the fact that it's all in the same place. It's, it's like phone booth. Have you guys seen the movie Phone Booth? Where they don't leave yeah, the great. one spot. It's that movie's great. great. Movie. Yeah. So
0: was Reservoir Dogs. I've got no problem with the location of the movie. And that, so yeah, was Belko Experiment. It was in one place too. But I,
4: I'm okay with all that. I, the, but I don't know why that bothers you so much. It just does because it, it was all the scene was all right there. The I mean, one question, the biggest question I have is how did the the, the uh, rain come or the Sprinklers, come on. A a, a Randy, fire. did you fall asleep during yeah. the huge fire? Oh, that's fire? probably <laughs> where he fell asleep.
0: No, uh, <laughs> the fire
4: upstairs, and they lit the gasoline or whatever. And yeah. then there but was it, the explosion. But it started when he went to light his cigarette. He turned the lighter on, and was that, no, that, was, that was, okay. was supposed to be expedition. I was like, there's yeah. no way the lighter set at, off at, the with, sprinklers. That so brings no, it up a the
3: good the point. At which point did Randy fall asleep?
4: So, yeah, Randy. We're going to get into that part of this podcast. It was at the towards the beginning, right before they started shooting, and that scared the hell out of me, the first gunshot, and I woke up. Startled me and I was up since then. I wish, ignored.
3: I wish we could do this movie where we could have Randy Cam. Oh, God. <laughs> and it's just when he nods off <laughs> when he wakes up.
0: I, just, I can't I mean it doesn't matter when we go see the movies, be in the middle of the day or later in the day, you still fall asleep during
4: him. It's amazing. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's just Sunday. I'm getting comfortable and drift out. The only movie I didn't fall asleep, BD and the Beast. Weird. And they yeah, gave I it know. a good rating. Maybe I did. it was maybe a good movie.
3: movie. <laughs> maybe that's why you hate everything <laughs>
4: you
0: fall asleep. Uh, so let's. Uh, here's here's what I did like about it from a spoiler standpoint. Uh, I did enjoy the fact that technically nobody won, because you're in a situation like this, and and in real life that's how this would go down. Nobody would walk away scot free, and that's kind of exactly how this movie wraps up. So I feel like I'm okay with that. If it's gonna do, if you're gonna give me an hour and a half of just a gunfight. Um, And not have every single person die, at least realize that whoever maybe was involved in it isn't exactly going to get away scot-free either, which was kind of cool.
4: Yeah, it was pretty obvious, too. I don't know where you guys are at, but when the last gunshot came in, you knew it was a girl, right? I mean, she's, she's the, the, the only the only one in the yeah. yeah, and the only female in the whole film. So you just know she's coming out. I was very
3: upset.
0: It was right about the time that I that I that I was thinking what happened to her? Did she just die from, you know, bleeding out right. or just pass out or what? And then of course it happened at the end. I was like, "Oh, that's that's what." Happened. Well,
2: cuz she picked up the gun and then like went passed to go out. shoot someone and then yeah. passed out yeah. and dropped it.
4: And you're right about the gruesome fact, too. So when that that tire, when that that van rolls over that guy's head, Oh, it was man. like a
2: scene in uh, Deadpool when he's killing him with the Zamboni. There you go. That was intense. Yeah, but for a while there, I kind of thought that he was going to be the last guy
0: standing. So that's why I don't give the predictability Which so I much to this movie. I, I would have hated. Well, of course,
3: yeah. You can't let the it. pedophile get a, win the movie. By <laughs> win way, the can, day. We, can, I, can I ask a couple questions? What does bottled mean?
0: He hit her over the head with a, with a bottle, it's my guess. Because she said it was, she was scarred and in the it, hospital. Okay. So it's my guess is she got, he, she got, she, he hit her over the head with a beer bottle and bottled her. Was that it? I yeah, it. yeah, A yes, couple of questions. Uh, let's hear a little bit from Sharto Copley, who was uh, the star of the movie. He actually uh, played Vern in Free Fire. He was on The Morning After with myself and Big J earlier this week, and uh, the one thing that goes into him is if you watch Free Fire, you'll be very involved with a lot of the gunshots that happen. Uh, it seems like in every scene there is some sort of gunfire, and Sharto kind of went into some sort of explanation as to how many there were and in, in an incident that happened on the set
1: what ben does is though he he shoots in very long takes so he'll do which is also unusual for action so he'll do a minute and a half two minute long take where there's maybe you know 30 or 40 gunfire you know gun hits going off and all the gunshots in the film the actual hits are uh, done for real in camera so it's little explosive devices in the walls and in the you know various things around the warehouse so these guys will set live charges with 20 or 30 different explosions happening and there's a whole choreography that you're doing and you have to i mean the probably the most dangerous it's definitely you know if not the most dangerous form i've ever done certainly one of the one of the most um because your face would be right next to a wall and as you move, the charge is going to go off but the charge is live during the take so if the SFX guy hits it at the wrong time it explodes in your face there's nothing they can really do for, from a safety point of view for that you know, everyone else on the set is wearing goggles which is always disturbing like, why is everyone else why is everyone else wearing goggles <laughs> and it's like well because something might hit the eye like, are you kidding me? I'm like an inch away from where the charge actually is and on one take, we sort of, as they yelled action, uh, just, just, just on one particular time, about 20 or 30 charges all went off at the same time, and none of us had hit our marks yet, thank goodness, or moved across them, so no one got hurt, but there was probably about two hours of, like, resetting and, you know, a lot of discussion amongst everyone to make sure that that never happened again, <laughs> but they had some technical technical radio problem with the, with the frequency or something. and. Um, yeah, but but other than you know, and then uh, obviously getting set on fire, I, I got to do a stunt where I did my own burn, which was also I'd never done that before, and that was a little hair-raising to to say the least. I can. Imagine-
0: you know, and, and for the record, I, I loved his character in this movie. He was my favorite one. I mean, yeah. I loved Vern in it. I loved the badass that wasn't really as good at anything as he thought he was. Uh, I loved the fact that uh, I'm going to start using the uh, the phrase watching Vern in my <laughs> vocabulary now because I think it's awesome. Yeah. And I also think that burn that he was talking about was pretty damn awesome as well. I mean, it looked pretty impressive. That was really him on fire. And then the practical effects afterwards, what he looked like, it made me wince it was like oh god it's poor hands
4: yeah his commentary through the entire thing was hilarious too. <laughs> just between all the other characters,
1: yeah,
0: it was good. It was good, and that's why I think I liked it a little bit more than you guys. Is I, I just I felt like uh, it was a little bit more fun, and I could I could have a good time with it. And uh, I did enjoy uh, the Army Hammer character a lot. I enjoyed Vern a lot. I enjoyed Brie Larson a lot. And you know, I thought Killian Murphy did a fantastic job. So when I'm looking at the movie from a whole and going, I liked all of these different things about it. I guess I liked the movie a little bit too.
3: I can tell you this: if I watch the movie again. I will like it more. Why is that? Uh, I, I think because I had a different ex- kind of X. Ex- why? What do you? What's no, the problem? Just no, go no, ahead. No, finish. Because I have sauce on my face? No. <laughs> okay. No. Does uh, he? Because uh, I had a certain expectation, um, you know, and, and going through it, you know, uh, with some of these elements and things, uh, I would probably spend more time appreciating some of the stuff that was really cool in it. Uh, you know, the sound effects, the shots, uh, and some of that other ancillary stuff that you're talking about.
0: Yeah, I think this is a movie that, like, 20-year-old me would fall in love with first watch. It would be like, oh, it's just like Reservoir Dogs, but it's cooler because all of this kind of stuff. And so uh, I think that uh, given probably another—I'd watch it again. I would. And I'd, I'd like to kind of see some stuff that I missed and some hints and stuff like that and how things worked Because, you know, they did some foreshadowing during the course of the movie that I that I picked up there at the end. And I was like, oh, her face reaction to that particular question made a lot of sense when this happened. So uh, overall, uh, I think— most of the table thinks Free Fire is a bit of a pass. Is there anything on Charlton's end that we, you want to play before we uh, we move on?
2: Um,
3: nah. <laughs> All right. Well, here. <laughs> uh, I, his, uh, I loved his, you know, it's a set in the 70s. So we got a big piece of John Denver
1: in there, which, mm-hmm. uh, which was, was pretty funny. With the 8-track?
3: Yeah, the 8-track. and uh, And so, you know, his mustache was pretty epic.
1: Dude, that's completely real, man. My uh th- this is like one of the one of the rare chances I've had to like use use my body hair in a movie in in, day, in a day in a day and age where, you know, actors are all trimming their chest hairs really nicely and trimming their arm hairs and um you know to to go back to some sort of unabashed sort of just 70s male hairy machoism was was a lot of fun and a good laugh. So there's your Free Fire podcast coming up
0: next week on Morning After the Movies from Wingnuts. We are going to change it up a little bit. We've seen a lot of action films over the course of this podcast, uh, and uh, we're going to see the very first honest-to-goodness drama film there's gonna be a little bit of a thriller element in it i feel but it's called the circle and it's got yes. one thomas hanks and it's got uh, a crush um, of a lot of people at this table not me but a lot of people find emma watson very attractive at this table
4: raising my hand oh, man. oh yeah
0: good. maybe see there you go three out of four love emma watson
3: so we'll Second see emma watson movie
0: that's exactly yeah. right i think randy's crush may keep him awake we'll that's see that's
4: the only one i didn't fall asleep for so i'll make see. it a goal
0: so tune in next week for another morning after the movies. brought to you by the good people here at Wingnuts. Come oh, visit man. them. they got their grand reopening coming up a little bit later on. Big Jay's eating it now. <laughs> 28. And spilled <laughs> it on his Star Wars yeah, shirt. A bit of a, there you go, buddy. <laughs> 28. 12 North Galleria is where you can find it, right across the street from the Napa 12 The is amazing. It's great. I told you. It was, it was, it's fantastic, right? Yeah, I mean, you know,
3: I, I had a quesadilla somewhere not that long ago, and I swear to God it was like canned chicken. Ooh. This like, is like the real deal. Yeah.
4: Oh, absolutely. It's
3: a real chicken. So come on out to Wingnuts.
0: Check them out. We appreciate their love for this podcast. We will see you next week for The Circle here on Morning After the
4: Movies. Thanks, Ty, for
0: coming along for the ride,
4: too. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, dude. <laughs> the entire thing of hot sauce on Big J's shirt.